one of my clients, actually somebody that you and I both know, uh, her numbers are 80% of her business comes from podcast guesting. You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, episode 279. And today, let's find out from an industry expert how to increase the chances of getting your pitch accepted by those hot podcasts and online shows that you want to be featured on. You ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get Amplified. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's your host, Melanie Benson, authority brand amplifier for expert-based business owners. And today, I've got an industry expert joining me. We're going to go behind the scenes and talk a little bit about what's going to get you booked on the top shows that everybody is vying for. And these tips we're going to share with you are going to come in super handy once you download and use my free guide and checklist to avoid the 17 mistakes that are commonly made by experts just like you who are getting booked and delivering their passion-based messages on podcasts and other virtual stages. So if you'd like to find out after interviewing over 3,000 people how to avoid some pretty common missteps that end up costing you the lead and the client, then head on over to getmagneticmessaging.com forward slash report. That's getmagneticmessaging.com forward slash report. We will link this up in the show notes for you and find out not only how to avoid these mistakes, but how to craft a compelling and powerful interview that becomes your number one lead source. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back amplifiers. We're talking about one of my favorite subjects today, how to increase the chance of getting a yes to your pitch to get on a podcast as a guest expert. Let me introduce you to our guest today, Julie Fry. Now, Julie Fry is the founder of Your Expert Guest, a podcast guest booking agency for thought leaders that want visibility without spending hours on social media. She's passionate about the magic that can happen in your business when you connect with the right host on the right podcast. Julie and her team help entrepreneurs with everything they need to attract new clients, from their podcast guest appearances. So Julie, I'm excited to talk about this today because as you and I have talked about behind the scenes, I get a million pitches and like maybe 10 of them are right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) 10 of them are effective. So I feel like we're, this is like a big public service announcement, how to pitch it right. So that you're actually going to increase your chances. And, you know, I, I should say this up front, you are somebody who helps people get on podcasts. Your company helps people with this pitching process and you guys do an excellent job. I have booked a lot of the guests you send my way. Um, There are a lot of agencies that are not doing this very well, which is why I really appreciate what you bring to the table here. So thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me on to do this PSA. (laughs) Seriously, (laughs) Melanie, I really appreciate the invitation to come on. And I love helping people get better at 
uh, leveraging podcasts to Mm -hmm. grow their visibility because it's one of the best ways, as you know, from your business to allow people into your world and understand how you help people, what your thought leadership is, and really speed up that no like trust factor uh, because you get to spend a lot of time listening to them. So thanks again for having me on. I'm excited for our conversation. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, let's just set the tone for this conversation. As we are airing this episode, there's something like, I don't know, did I see last like 2 million active episodes or podcasts out there on Apple right now? I don't know if you've got some newer facts than that, but that's what I think I saw last. Yeah. So we use a proprietary software um, and it updates daily. So last I saw it was almost 2.9 million podcasts, although not all of those are active. Um, So that, yeah, that, that number is a lot smaller and I honestly don't know the number right off the top of my head, but yeah, there are a lot of podcasts out there for sure. Well, the reason I bring this up is before we get into this is I think a lot of times people think, well, there's a lot of podcasts, like why, why, you know, like, are people really listening to them? The answer is yes. Yes, they are. Are they actually uh, making buying decisions? Yes. Yes, they are. (laughs) I I have a very strong guesting strategy and I regularly attract high ticket clients from episodes I guest on, on, on other people's podcasts. So what are you saying? Yes. One of my clients, actually somebody that you and I both know, uh, her numbers are 80% of her business comes from podcast guesting. Mm -hmm. So yes. And me personally, I mean, I can track, uh, thousands and tens of thousands of dollars of business back to specific podcast interviews, Uh, Clients typically stay with us for 18 months or more because they are getting business from their podcast interviews. So absolutely. Um, And that is why ad dollars being spent on podcasts and sponsorships. That's a huge growing part of the podcasting industry because everybody's realizing that there's a lot of money to be made in podcasts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's an active market and I I think it's going to keep growing. And then with that many podcasts, the good news is, as you're tuning in right now and listening, get your pen out, get ready to take some notes, uh, do some uh, uh, memory, muscle memory, whatever you have to do to kind of lock this in. All those podcasts means there is an abundance of need for high quality guests to fill up all of this content space that's out there in the podcast world right now. Absolutely. So let's talk about some foundation stuff. Um, What do you suggest people do before they ever start pitching podcast hosts and trying to get on their shows? I love this question because as you mentioned, you get a lot of bad pitches. And so I think where a lot of the bad pitches start from is number one, not being clear on why it is that you want to be on shows. You just hear that that there's a lot of uh, thought leaders saying like, get on podcasts, get on podcasts. And so especially people that are a lot earlier on in their business journey and their entrepreneurial journey hear certain influencers and they say, okay, I'm going to, you know, throw all my spaghetti at the wall on that without taking the time to really thoroughly vet that marketing strategy for them and how it's going to work best. Mm -hmm. So one of the first things that I suggest people do 
is get clear on what is the outcome that you want from your podcast guest appearances, because there's a wide variety of reasons that people guest on shows. Uh, For some people, it's improving the SEO on their website. For some people, it's networking. And we had a client for over a year who was a celebrity divorce attorney. And so he would guest on shows to connect with other family attorneys, family lawyers, because that's where his referrals came from. So he wasn't looking for new clients because his clients, you know, are a very specific type of high net worth individual, but he did want to build his network so that he could gain new uh, referral partners. And, um, and then obviously, if you are launching a new product or service, maybe you have a new membership you're launching, uh, podcast guesting is a great way to mention that offering that you have in your business and get some visibility around it. So getting clear on your why, why do you want to be out there is really important and what sort of outcome you want from it. Yeah. And do you mind if I add one more to your great list, which I totally check, check, check. Um, I also think, and I've personally seen this in myself and my clients, that this is a great strategy to build your authority Mm -hmm. because you're leveraging the authority of the host. You're invited onto a high profile podcast. Um, You're basically borrowing their influence. So this is a really great way to get your name out there and create some buzz and momentum around your work, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. if you're kind of entering into a new business area or you're changing niches, something like that. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's another uh, often little known fact podcasts really go a long way for that. Yeah. And that's your zone of genius too. So I'm not surprised that you added that one. That's a, <laughs> that's a good one. Very important. Yeah. That's why we synergize, right? Exactly. <laughs> so. I, I kind of led with this one, let the cat out of the bag a little bit, but you and I had several conversations about um, annoying and turn off <laughs> pitches. And it's interesting, you know, I'm very active in the podcasting world. I, I know a lot of other podcast hosts mm-hmm. and I regularly see people uh, posting in our podcasting community or we're having behind the scenes conversations, what are you doing with the onslaught of pitches that are complete garbage and they're not even relevant? So let's just pull this cat right out of the bag from your point of view, someone who is pitching. What are you seeing is that biggest turnoff to podcast hosts in a pitch? Yeah, but now I'm really curious. What do you do with your really bad pitches? <laughs> Spill the beans, Melanie. Okay, okay, I might have to. <laughs> Oh, you want me to tell that first? Yeah, oh. I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, we'll, we'll lead with the outcome. So, you know, look, I know everybody's doing their job and what I notice is that some people have been trained well to do pitches and some people haven't. And, um, I, we do one of two things. A, we ignore them. Uh, B, I school them. Nice. <laughs> so I have been known to take to a uh, email and say, look, I know you're really trying, working very hard to get your client book, but remember, yes, they may be paying you, but you're not paying me. So I don't really owe you anything. And I think what happens from my point of view sometimes is that sometimes people forget who is the asset in the conversation. Yeah. Yes, yes, your client is paying you to get booked, but we are your asset. And so yes. the third thing we've done, Julie, and we're just emerging with this is some, because not all guests are great guests, but that doesn't mean their their content's not good for our show is 
we've started adding a skip the line uh, investment. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people who I know they're not going to share the show. I know they're not really um, probably a perfect fit for my ideal guest, Mm -hmm. but I know there's some great value and win-win there. So we'll offer them a skip the line or like, you know, like, I don't know them from Adam. I don't know. I don't know who they are. And I'm like, yeah, sure. If you want in and you to have zero social media following, here's how you get on. So it's something that I see a lot of podcasters starting to do so that we're kind of sharing the investment in these people mm-hmm. who really mm-hmm. want airwaves. So that's a, that's a third yeah. thing we've been doing. That is super smart. And I am seeing that more and more. We've had several hosts that uh, in the past, you know, you just book the guest and they're typically the podcasters like yourself that really have a well-oiled machine in terms of your podcasting workflow, where, you know, you're recording episodes months in advance before they air. And, um, it, you know, it's just, it's a really smart way to, I think, offset the cost because it is very costly to produce your episodes to offset that cost and kind of share in the, the reap the rewards of the podcast. So, but back to your question about, you know, turnoffs from hosts and it's, I thought it was really cool that you share that sometimes you actually school them. Like you take the time to write back I was talking to a fairly new client of ours and she had, she had tagged me on a post uh, on LinkedIn and said, and this is why, you know, this is how I respond to these types of pitches. And she like shared a snippet of the pitch and tagged me. And I mean, I kind of felt bad for the agency that she did that to, (laughs) but at the same time, um, I think that it, goes to show there are some really simple things that you can do to uh, increase the likelihood of getting a yes. So you mentioned one, which is understanding who the asset is. And um, the way that I frame that and teach it to other people who are pitching or when I'm onboarding a new team member is to make sure that you are not using too many I statements if you're pitching Mm -hmm. yourself. Um, because if you're making it all about you, then you're getting it wrong. You could be Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, but if you're not delivering the right value to their audience and taking care of those listeners, then the host doesn't care. Maybe those are not the two best examples, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? You could be yeah. a you know, big time influencer, but if all you want to do is get on the show and talk about your great thing that you're promoting, you know, you're not really that captivating of a guest. So when you're sending your pitch, just review it, do a quick scan and make sure that not every sentence is leading with I or me or my, um, because at the end of the day, it's really about the listener and the host and the relationship that they have together. Um, The other one is the standard copy and paste. Hosts can tell when you're just copying and pasting a template Uh, it's very obvious and they can see right through it. So Mm -hmm. even if you think it's a great template, it probably is, but just don't do that. (laughs) Um, And make sure you actually get the host name right when you do that. Because when you send Sandra, can I get my guest on your show? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm like, who's Sandra? And why are you emailing me your template? (laughs) Yes. Yes. So yes, you want to make sure that you're using the right name, take the time to spell it right. Um, The other one that I see is again, established podcasters 
generally will have a pretty good workflow and they have a way that they want to be pitched. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes it's through an application on their website. Uh, Sometimes it's a specific email address. So take the time to go to their website, uh, understand who they are, what do they do, who do they do it for, who are, who's their audience, and then poke around to see if you can figure out how do they want to be pitched. Um, Because if they have an application, fill out the application. It might take be more time than it takes you to write the pitch, but that's the way they want it. And by honoring their request, you know, you're showing up and, you know, showing them that you can be a good guest because you're following instructions. You're doing things the way that they want you to do. So those are just a few of the kind of big red flags. Those are so good and dead on for me and many of my colleagues. I I would add one last one, mm-hmm. um, and that is know the show's context. Mm-hmm. I I would say 30% of the pitches we get have zero relevance to uh, our show and mm-hmm. the context and the mm-hmm. theme and the audience. And it's just, you know, you're just wasting your time. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I, and I will, I say this with a lot of love because look, I made all of these mistakes when I first started going actively into the, the pitch process. And I was going to rebooting my brand and rebooting my message. And I wanted to get on a bunch of podcasts. And luckily there was a lot of people with a lot of grace because <laughs> it was still early in the, the podcasting market. It was a little harder to get mm-hmm. guests, but I, I did some of these things too. And really, if you want to up your, your chances, you want to just tune into what's going to make you stand out. Right. So, right. And, and like, if you've got a topic that has nothing to do with anything they talk about, either mm-hmm. take the time to fine tune the topic. So it really matches or just yeah. don't bother nobody, Julie, I don't know what you're taking on this, but I don't see any value to guesting on podcasts that have zero representation of your potential client base. Absolutely not. I mean, unless you've got all the time in the world and you're retired and you're just doing it because you like to talk. <laughs> That's fair. But- that's fair. But yeah, I know none of those people, but yes, that's fair. <laughs> I hear a lot of people that brag about, you know, I was on a hundred podcasts last year and yes, you probably could find a hundred podcasts that have your target audience on them, but I see the strategies that some of those folks employ. And I know that they're not getting on shows that have their ideal audience on yeah. that they're talking to. So it's, I'm much more of a quality over quantity type of person when it comes to guesting on podcasts. So let's move to the conversation of the best framework or the best Mm -hmm. uh, platform to make Mm -hmm. your pitch on Mm -hmm. Um, social media or email. What, Mm -hmm. what's your take on that? Uh, The big, the big answer is it depends. So uh, before we pitch our clients, we look at the website, we look at their social media And based on how active they are on social, like, let's say you go to the website and there's no clues as far as how they want to be pitched. Then you look at social media and let's say they're Instagram all day long and, you know, they've got a lot of followers, they're really engaged. Uh, You may want to initiate the conversation through DM and just say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of your show and this is why, or... Um, I discovered your show and I appreciate this is what you're helping your clients with. Do you have a process for guest submission? And just, you know, like, don't 
blurb this huge pitch on them through a DM, but just ask the question, how do you prefer to be pitched or how do I suggest a guest for the show? Um, but I personally like email because I like to see when emails were opened and we have follow-up sequence around that. So that's my personal preference. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have definitely pitched and gotten yeses from hosts when pitching on social media. Yeah. And, and I, I would say as a podcast host, mm-hmm. I have received them both. I almost always ignore the ones that come in through social. Mm-hmm. And here's why, and I know you'll love this because what typically happens is somebody's sending me a friend request with a, how can I get on your show? Yes. Yes. <laughs> bad form friends, bad form. <laughs> yes. Yes. The instant kind of, it's just like when you're on LinkedIn and you get that connection request, that's instantly followed by the hard sell. So yeah, I proceed with caution. I know that there are hosts that like that's how they live their life is they don't do email they do social media Mm -hmm. and that's and that's cool just you know look for clues look for clues on how the host wants to be pitched yeah and I and also you know like get to know the host a little bit if you really want to get on a show like build some know like and trust Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know like how, how, how are you gonna like get across the stalemate is sometimes just building up some good energy and some goodwill. And I, I am, yes, I like to be courted. I know I am not the, not every podcast host needs that, but look, I'm getting an onslaught. So you want to stand out a little bit, build a relationship, Yeah, you know, like let's make something beyond just the one time you're going to pitch me to be on my show and then disappear. Like that's, yeah, it just doesn't work for me. I know some people don't care as much. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. Build an authentic relationship. If you're going to follow on social media, engage, share something with your audience of theirs that that you truly feel genuine about sharing. Um, you know, sometimes it comes up, well, you know, you should rate and review every single podcast. And I do, and I suggest our clients rate and review every podcast before they go on or after the interview, because by that point, they've listened to at least one episode and they're building a relationship with the host. And it helps so much uh, because it helps your show get discovered. So Mm -hmm. it's like the ultimate piece of gratitude to say, I appreciate you having me on your show. However, I don't suggest rating and reviewing a show that you've never listened to and that it's not authentic. So I do suggest that if you are trying to build a relationship and you're listening to the show and you want to help the podcaster get found. So I am a fan of that for sure. I'm glad you said that. I, I would agree. And we all see the reviews that are written. So yes. we know who's taken a moment to do that and it really creates some goodwill. It does. And it makes us want to promote you even more. So it's a, it's a nice uh, way to say thank you uh, to be on the show. Yeah. It's hard to get reviews. So it's definitely one of the things that I like to do. Yeah. You know what we do with that, Julie, that, that uh, I I'm surprised how few people do. We actually Mm -hmm. from time to time will take the reviews, especially the authentic ones. Mm -hmm. And we will actually do, we will spotlight them on our social media. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. And and if we know who it is, like they've used their real name, we'll tag them and say, Mm -hmm. thank you. We appreciate this. And, and um, 
you know, it's a way of kind of making it a great big win-win. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. we make it mean a little extra payoff for the, for the uh, time people take to review it. That's awesome. So let's talk about um, a part of this process that I think is a little confusing to people. Okay. Uh, Cause this is general sales, right? It's right. like, when and how should I follow up after an initial pitch? Yes. Yes. So yeah, there's a lot of people that think, well, I sent one email and I never heard back. So that's that. Um, and we have looked at data and it like an average is, is about 40% of our pitches get a yes from the first mm-hmm. initial pitch. Uh, a much higher percentage is closed on the second and even third email. So I suggest you're, you send your initial pitch, you wait one to two weeks to follow up. Sometimes the host will get back to you and say something like, oh, you know, this guest looks great or you look great, but we, our schedule is full for this quarter. Please follow up with me in three months. So we take our cues on when to follow up from how the host replies. And if they don't reply to that first follow-up, then we will send one more in one to two weeks. And um, the subject line that I always like to use for that one is closing the loop. There's something magic about that phrase that gets people to respond. So I use it in sales conversations. I use it, you know, when I'm following up on guests that we're inquiring about. And usually in that situation, the host will get back and either give a yes or a no um, or a looks great, but we don't take pitches or whatever the case may be. That's such a great tip. Thank you. Um, I love that that subject line is really elegant, as you said. Um, I've received some very interesting follow-up emails from guest bookers, oh, <laughs> not in your agency. Yes. <laughs> we won't say which agencies they're from, uh-huh. but they are not yours. <laughs> and some of them are to the tune of, um, can you please help me clo- uh, get this task off my to-do list today? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that one got schooled. <laughs> Uh, and again, I know everybody's kind of at the, the, they're, they're operating out of the level they've been trained. Right. Right. And, and so again, I think it goes back to recognizing you're asking a host to whether you're paying for the spot for your guest or not, you're asking them to do something for you, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not ta- get a task off your list. So anyway, just. You know, oh, that good, that good follow up is good. Yeah. It, oh my God. I, that I hurts like my, my sales heart. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of mad at myself that I didn't like screen print it because it'd be so good for yeah. training. I just don't like to embarrass people that do it. But, you know, um, follow up is all about bringing something back to the front of the line. And if you're not following your, the booking process of the guest in the first place, and you're again, you know, kind of interrupting their attention, mm-hmm. that's not going to win you the business. So yeah, you want to be gracious and mm-hmm. assume that the host is very busy. And so, I mean, I know that I have emails that I owe people responses to, and it's not, I'm not intentionally ignoring them. I just, I'm busy. And so I do appreciate it when I get a well-timed follow-up to bump something up in my email that I need to address. So mm-hmm. take that approach of, you know, 
the host is busy, you are helping them out with a, I, I got called back in my previous corporate career, pleasantly persistent. <laughs> right. but we say after the, the second follow-up email, if you aren't getting a response, then, you know, just take that as a, as a no and move on. Well, you know, here's something, and maybe you and I haven't talked about this yet, but maybe this will help with context is sometimes we revisit guest pitches six months later. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if you've pitched using their process, that's why we ask people to pitch using our online form, mm-hmm. not just sending me an email because the emails are going to get like lost. Like we do have a tracker now, but I don't review the emails. I review our form to see who would be a good fit. Literally at the beginning of the year, we went through six months worth of guests to see if anybody was a better fit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we booked some of those people. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just because it's not on your timetable doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Yeah, we just had that happen. One of my team members came back to me and I believe it was somebody that she had pitched in October, uh, came back and said, yeah, we'd like to have this guest on the show. So that was what, five months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, people absolutely come back. So don't mm-hmm. get too discouraged and don't be surprised if somebody six months later comes back to you and says, yes, I want to have you on the show. So. Let's go into this um, very important piece of standing out as a great guest, mm-hmm. because once you get booked, that your job is not over. Your job is to deliver something, you know, awesome. But part of getting booked is being able to stand out and mm-hmm. know that 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 host can have confidence that you're going to deliver something value. Mm-hmm. I should say, ninety percent of the pitches that are on subject that we do not accept are because we don't have confidence they're going to make a good guess. Okay. Gotcha. So what is your tip for people around this? Well, I have several, I will try to give you the short version. So one of our clients, uh, Nikki Roush, who I know, you know, mm-hmm. a, a mutual Love friend, Nikki. she comes into every interview wanting to have the host say, you're the best guest I've ever had on the show. <laughs> So she comes prepared with stories to exemplify the points that she's making. She has obviously a external microphone. She records in a distraction free setting. So there's not going to be dogs barking or deliveries getting dropped off. Um, She's on time, be on time. Um, You want to be generous with your information. tell stories and provide information that maybe you haven't shared, especially if you're a frequent podcast guest, uh, because people don't want to hear the same stories over and over again, if they're listening to multiple, multiple interviews of yours. So Mm -hmm. try to share fresh and new information. Um, As I mentioned, rate and review the show, uh, share the episode after it goes live. So share it on social media share it with your email list, uh, put it on your website, on your press page. I've also been hearing about uh, creating a Spotify playlist with all of the episodes that you've been on. So there's a variety of different ways you can share the episode, but um, that is also something that just sets you above and beyond other guests. Because Mm. when I was at She Podcast last year, the number one comment that I heard people asking in the audience is, how do I get the guests to share my episode or share their episode? And, um, you know, they spend all this time and money creating graphics and assets for you to share it. So please, please, please share it. Um, That will help you stand out. 
Yeah. And I think people, I, I agree. Like it, it's, it's very, it's not surprising anymore, but it's annoying when somebody doesn't share it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because they don't understand the the value in sharing it is isn't as much to the host, although it's very valuable to us, but it's actually the impact it has in your own social media community mm-hmm. because those times you share it are the times that somebody's been dormant mm-hmm. actually says, huh, I didn't know you did this or wow, this really hit me at the right time. I'm going to raise my hand now. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to know more about you. So it's mm-hmm. a very powerful lead attraction process for you to share those episodes. That is so true. That is so true. The first podcast episode I was ever on was in 2014 and I did everything wrong. So I didn't <laughs> share the episode when it went live and and uh, I regret that, but I've made up for it many times over since then. <laughs> <laughs> we all do it wrong until we learn how to do it right. right, right? <laughs> and I, I've had actually guests who say, I'd love to come back. And if they don't share it, I'm not very interested in having them come back. Cause I'm like, what's in it for me? Like, Absolutely. you're not really being a, a partner in this. You're expecting me to do all the work. So it, yep. it is, it is, again, it's kind of part of the quote unquote payment to be on the show. Yeah. Yeah. There's I, one I, more. Oh, go oh ahead. yeah, please finish. I was just going to say one other thing that I'd like to recommend that guests do at the end of their interview is after they stop recording, you know, ask the host, is there any, are there any resources you're looking for in your business? How can I be a resource for you? Are you looking for guests to interview for your show? Or are you looking for a specific type of client? You know, really, this is an opportunity for you to build your professional network. And the best way to do that is by giving and helping. So look for an opportunity to help at the end yeah, of the interview. Yeah, I love that. I, I think that's so important. And I honestly, like I'm excited when somebody I don't know already, we can collaborate or find mm-hmm. some new connections, find ways we can strategically support each other. And I'm all about like, let's keep expanding the network. So when the yeah. guest takes the lead in that, it's it's a real gift. Yeah. And it makes them stand out for sure. Exactly. Well, Julie, I'm knowing we are inspiring some people to get pitching and get it, get themselves on shows. Um, This is something we, I talk about all the time in my community. If you're part of the Amplify Your Authority free Facebook group, you know, I'm always challenging you to get on more podcasts. So let's, um, let's pivot to a resource. Like how could someone find out more, maybe um, learn about your services? What's the first best step for you? Yes. So on our website, yourexpertguest.com, we have a quiz that you can take that asks you uh, some questions about your business, you personally, and it will provide you a rating on how podcast guesting will work for you as a marketing strategy. So you can get that right on the homepage of your expert guest. All right. Yourexpertguest.com. Very, um, Inside, like I'm, I'm intrigued, like what my score would be. So <laughs> I might have to go take that too. <laughs> all right. So this is the time that I like to wrap up with two standard questions. We ask all our guests. It's such a fun way for us to get to know you on a little more personal level, because we know we do business with people we know, like, and trust. And mm-hmm. the more we can connect with you on this level, the more that that process gets established. But I'm always curious, like, what's the boldest thing you've ever had to do? to amplify or accelerate the results in your business? Hmm. So there's two really, when I first started this business, 
I said yes to every opportunity that came my way, even if I felt like I wasn't ready for it. So speaking opportunities, podcast interviews, uh, I ended up being, I think, a sponsor at Podcast Movement. And so just, mm-hmm. I just was like, I'm all in. Um, and then the other piece is hiring, uh, investing in coaching. So investing in a 12 month long coaching program, I feel like was really, really impactful to the business and, and our visibility for sure. Yeah. Coaching can the right coach, at least I should say really. Was <laughs> yes. Let's qualify that. And what's one thing you wish you would have done sooner? Start this business. <laughs> ah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And why is um, that? Now you've made me curious. Because it is so fun to, we have the best clients and getting to learn about their businesses and how they help people and impact the world. I just love that piece. And with our onboarding process, you know, it's a lot of strategy and um, sometimes there's a little bit, a little bit of business coaching I can do, which I love. Um, I just, and I love connecting people. So I get to do all of these things that are just so fun for me that it doesn't even feel like work. So, um, I, love that. I just love this business. I wish I would have had it sooner. Ah, uh, well, I'm sure that, uh, if you had the podcast industry would be so much better. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me today. And I really love hearing your take on what's going to get people booked and what not to do from the person, the point of view of the person who's actually pitching their guests to get on show. I know you've learned a lot, like, and you're having great success with your clients. So if you are thinking about being a podcast guest and guesting on other people's shows, make sure you go see your readiness, your assessment at yourexpertguest.com. Julie, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. And I appreciate the, you. that you keep bringing me great guests for the show. Oh, thank you so much, Melanie. It was a pleasure to be here with you. Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com. And I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going, and I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name, and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media. 